Christchurch, New Malden, Sunday the 13th of August 2023, 11 o'clock service. Vashti Prescott speaking on Why I Am a Christian. So, my parents both came to England in the 1950s. My dad was from Guyana, South America, and my mum is from Trinidad. My dad actually was one of my mum's brother's friends, and that's how they met. She was a nurse and a midwife, and he is still a civil engineer. They got married in 1965 here in London and had my sister shortly after. When my sister was a baby and my mother was pregnant with me, they moved to Guyana for my dad's work. Although the family lived in Guyana, my mum decided to have me in Trinidad so that she could have the support of her own family who lived there. My brother then followed on a few years later. He too was born in Trinidad. I have a photo of my family. So from left to right, my cousin, then my dad, my sister, her daughter, my mum, me, and my cousin. And I noticed this morning, I'm really, really pleased, there in the corner is my little dog, Oscar. He died in February last year, so I'm really pleased to have spotted him in that photo. So I lived in South America until I was five years old, and there was quite a lot of toing and froing. So naught to five, I was in Guyana, then five to nine, I came to England, and then when I was nine, we went to live in Trinidad for the first time until I was 18, and then when I was 18, I came to London to do my law degree. So there was a lot of to in and fro in, and that would probably explain why as a child I never felt that I actually fit in or belonged anywhere. I found it really hard to make friends. So when I came here when I was five from Guyana, I looked different, I spoke differently to all the other children, and no one really wanted to make friends with me. Then when I was nine and I went to Trinidad, again, I spoke completely different. I couldn't understand a word they were saying because of the thick Caribbean accent. They thought the way I spoke was absolutely howling, and my cousins would come to me and say, say Mary had a little lamb, say twinkle twinkle little star, just so they could hear me talk and then fall about laughing at me. And again, when I came here at 18, I had the same problem again. When I went to uni, no one understood me. Um, it It was quite different, quite, yeah, very difficult. My parents were not Christians, so I never went to church. In fact, I was probably 19 years old, the very first time I entered a church. Um, When I was little in Guyana, we had a um, nanny, and she tried very hard to teach us the words of the Lord's Prayer. That was probably my first encounter with Christianity, but we never really paid her much attention. Then when we came to England when I was five, my mum and dad and my baby brother came on first and then my sister and I made the journey on our own don't know why but that's what happened I'd never flown long haul before so I was absolutely terrified going up those stairs which seemed huge into the body of the aeroplane and I desperately tried to remember the words of the Lord's Prayer I was holding on to my sister saying our father who art in heaven hallowed be the name what comes next what comes next well she didn't know either when I was in secondary school in Trinidad I was about 12 years old I had a friend Carla she was a Christian and she spent a lot of time and energy trying to convert me um I think I was her project she bought me lots of little comic books I did have one but I've 
left it behind. And it's really funny because it popped through my door the other day after I'd agreed to do this talk. And I thought, that's a sign. She actually bought me my first Bible. She had the Good News Bible, which is probably why I have the Good News Bible now. And I used to love her Bible because all the illustrations in it. And she used to highlight, so sections on worry and anxiety, she highlighted in green and other topics. So it was quite colourful and it was, it was really, really nice. I didn't have any friends, so I was really pleased with the attention that she gave me. But I didn't catch on to the whole Christianity bit. And there's a picture of Carla. This is Carla now. Um, she moved, I moved to England when I was 18 to do my law degree. She moved to Canada. Um, she's now a doctor, so I've got from the internet. She's heavily into genetic research. I've never spoken to her again. I've never seen her again. I've tried to track her down on social media, but I can't. Um, and I really do miss her. But I think she was instrumental in my, my, my journey to Christianity. So I moved to England when I was 18. I met my husband, Rick, and we had our daughter, Rochelle, in 1990. And there's a picture of us on a walk. Rick, Rochelle in the front, and me behind. Rochelle was a miracle baby. I had a tumour, 10 by 6 centimetres, removed my right ovary when I was 19. They also removed my fallopian tubes and said to me that I'd never be able to have children again. So imagine my shock when I did fall pregnant and... She was born when I was 22. I'd only known Rick for six months. Um, I was absolutely terrified. I did not want a baby. I was not ready for one. Um, and I actually found motherhood really, really hard. I think probably I was just too young. I was just far too young. Rochelle was born in West Sussex. We lived in Crawley. And when she was about two years old, we moved to Reading. And it was about the time when I moved to Reading that I actually started going to church. Don't know why I, I did. But I did, and I took Rochelle with me. Shortly after we moved to Reading, I started having abdominal pain. I was diagnosed with level 4 endometriosis, and over a period of about five years, I probably had seven different operations. I could barely do anything. I was in constant pain. I couldn't walk any distance, couldn't go shopping. Um, a, a drive at the weekend was probably the best thing I could do. My boss at the time, John Spencer, he was a Christian. And after one of my operations, he came to see me at my office and asked me how I was. I told him I'm in chronic pain, and he asked if he could pray for me. I didn't know what to say. I didn't want to be rude. He was my boss. So I said, yes, okay. I truly didn't expect anything. Um, but in the instant he prayed for me, the pain lifted. It absolutely vanished. Not forever did come back but in that moment it was gone and I could truly say that that is the point in time that I actually became a Christian that I believed God existed and was real and I remember the whole enormity of God and my insignificance I was being I couldn't believe that that big God would do something for me a nobody and you know it was, it was lovely. I don't think at that stage, as a you know, young Christian, I, that I believed that Jesus was God. I knew he was important. I knew he was sent by God. But I wasn't sure, and I didn't get the link between the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. It was very, very difficult for me to get my head around. 
1998, both myself and Rosh were baptised at St Peter's Church in Caversham, Reading. I was confirmed at the same time. The bishop was really chuffed. He said that this was the first time he was carrying out a baptism and a confirmation on the same person on the same day. I don't remember my experience, my baptism um, experience or confirmation, being particularly remarkable. In fact, in truth, I was probably a little disappointed. I'd been worrying about it for days before, a bit like worrying about doing this today, wondering what would happen to me when I received the gift of the Holy Spirit, whether I would faint or start talking in tongues. The vicar at the time, a lady, who took me through my confirmation classes, she laughed and she said that God would never impose the Holy Spirit on us in a way that we could not accept. 1999, we moved from Reading to Kingston. I'd found a really good job just opposite the church where that building, I think it's got G&O or something like that written on it. There used to be the petrol station opposite, which is now gone, some flats are there. And immediately I moved, I started coming here to Christchurch. I joined some home groups and the running group and my faith gradually grew little by little. Rick and I got married in 2004. We got married in Grenada, a West Indian island on the beach. Rosh was one of the bridesmaids. She was 13 at the time. It was a small wedding, just immediate family. It's lovely, really lovely. We had a reception party back in the UK at the Royal Oak, opposite. Stephen received an invite. It was 2004 and he'd only just moved to Christchurch as a curate in 2003. I know he knew, he didn't actually know who I was, but he came, as did some other members of Christchurch. Um, and we fitted 120 people in the Royal Oak upstairs and my flamenco team put on a show. That's, that's me, the upstairs of the Royal Oak, actually not at the wedding but it's the same place and I'm actually doing um, a dance for charity. I trained for about seven years to become a flamenco teacher and then just as I trained and qualified in 2006 I moved to Cardiff. Another job move, I stayed there during the week Monday to Friday, every Friday I got the train home, spent the weekend with Rick, still came to Christchurch. I rarely missed a Sunday. In 2011, disaster struck. I lost my job. I'd never faced anything like that before. I was worried about money, our finances as a family. I was worried about finding another job. I felt deeply ashamed. I felt that what had happened to me was some sort of punishment. I couldn't bring myself to tell my parents or friends. I thought they'd judge me and think, well, you must have done something wrong, when I didn't. Rosh was in her final year at uni. Rick was trying to keep everything under low profile, but it all just came across like no one cared. I didn't feel supported for or cared for by anyone. I'd spent my entire life working hard and building a career. I saw all my achievements being washed away before my eyes through no fault of my own. It wasn't just losing the job that was so hard, but the way it was done, the whole process and the way I was treated. I prayed and prayed and prayed, I read the Bible from cover to cover. Someone Hugh, as in Hugh from a church, told me to read Psalms, so I did on repeat. Nothing helped. I was distraught. I didn't feel as if God was there at all. I couldn't feel any presence at all. I felt entirely alone. I told Stephen about this recently, and he laughed. He said that what I was describing was the classic footprints in the sand scenario, where the person says to God, 
later on, I've looked back on my life and all the darkest, hardest times, there's only one set of footprints there. And God says, because my child, those are the times I carried you. And I think he did. He must have. 2012, I did get another job back in London. I left Cardiff, left all my friends and came home. It was very hard. I was in effect starting all over again. I continued to come to church. Eventually my career started to grow and prosper again. By 2017, my faith had really grown and I probably felt closer to God than I ever had. I tried to read the Bible every day. I pray every single morning. When I prayed, I could feel the Holy Spirit was there listening to me. And once week at All Saints Church in um, Kingston Town Centre do the um, communion service at lunchtime they had. Then in 2017, it all happened again. I lost my job again. The second time wasn't as hard as the first time. I felt stronger, more able to deal with it. Whilst physically and psychologically I dealt with it better, spiritually I didn't. Because at the time I'd been so close to God, it absolutely drove a wedge between myself and God. I didn't feel I could trust God again. I felt that God had allowed it to happen to me. I'm a firm believer that this is God's world. He is in charge. Nothing happens without his permission. Therefore, he had to have allowed this to happen to me again. Stephen did say to me, for all the bad things that have happened, something good will come. And he's absolutely right. As hard as losing my job was in 2011, the return from Cardiff saw a distinct change in my career. I was able to do different types of work. I'm more fulfilled now in my career in terms of the type of work I do and the service I offer as a direct result of me having moved back to London in 2011. I honestly do feel that I'm using the talent and gifts that God has given me for his purpose. Both disasters in 2011 and 2017 have pointed me to where I am today. I could not have got here without those things happening. I'm not saying that what happened was good, but that good has come from it. Someone else said to me, when things are going really badly, just stop and think and write down five things which are not count your blessings and I did do that in 2017 and I think that's probably why I coped so much better with the hardship than I did in 2011. When you're going through hard times, stuck in a rut, it's hard to imagine that things will get better. Focusing on positive things is really very important. I think that being a Christian has changed me as a person. It's taught me values that I did not have before. Things like giving, not because you can afford to or you have extra, but because that other person needs it more than you. I've come to know the power of a kind word, especially when spoken to a stranger. It's at times like that that you can feel the presence of the Holy Spirit. I went to the cinema recently. He was waiting at the bus stop for the 213 home. I noticed a lady at the bus stop. She was silently crying. I only knew she was crying because I could see the tears running down her face. Other than that, her face was expressionless. So I went up to her and asked her if she was all right, was everything okay? She turned to me, shocked that I had inquired. She paused and then said, I am from Ukraine. Today I heard that someone I liked very, very much has died. She then started crying again, much more visibly, her face crumpled. 
I put my arms around her and gave her a hug. I said, I'm so, so sorry. She let me embrace her. At that moment, the bus arrived and we both boarded. She went upstairs. But before she did, she turned around and looked at me and she gave me the biggest, warmest smile. That's the power of a kind word, a bit of love. Some of the Christian messages are powerful. Pray for your enemies. A few months ago, I was having a bad time at work. In the prayer at the end of the sermon, Stephen says, as he always does, think of someone who needs God's healing or help. Lift them up to him and pray. I did. I prayed for my enemies, and I did it sincerely. I prayed that God would heal their hearts and minds and let them see that what they were doing was wrong. I don't know if they did or if they did feel any differently, but it sure had a wonderful calming effect on me. God has an amazing way of speaking to us. It could be in a sermon where the message is clear and relates exactly to something that's going on in your life, or more quietly. When I was going through my ordeal in 2017, I remember coming into church and talking to Carolyn Lucas about it. Later on, probably a year later, I was on the train and I met Stephen coming home from work. And Stephen told me what Carolyn had said, that I was having a hard time. And he said to me, why didn't you come to me? That's what I'm here for. A few months ago, I was having a bad time. Tim was preaching. He was actually talking about reading the Bible and trying to understand what you were reading. He distinctly said, if you are having problems, don't struggle ask for help. And just like that, I knew Tim's message was for me. I went straight up to Stephen at the end of the sermon and said, I'm having a bad time. I'm struggling. He arranged to speak with me later that week. God does speak to us directly as well as indirectly. I've been coming to Christchurch for 24 years now. I've had some fantastic times here. Barn dances, quiz nights in the past, more recently cinema club, the Making Sense of Paul classes. I've seen Christchurch from 1999 to 2023 grow and develop. It has changed, just as I have changed in my faith and development as a Christian. I've seen it grow. It's a fun place to be, especially with the dressing up services and other events. It's difficult to come to church on your own. I come to the 9.30 service and I'm, I come on my own. I don't come with... Um, Rick and Rochelle. And it's difficult. I feel like I sit there and I stick out like a sore thumb amongst all the other families and the babies and the couples. Or I just feel I'm in, just invisible. And I think, would it even matter if I weren't here? I think it would matter to me. I do feel that I belong here. And I know, as a matter of fact, that if I needed help and reached out to someone, and I don't mean just Stephen, anyone, there is always someone who is there, ready to help, to say, are you all right? And genuinely mean it. The Making Sense of Paul classes have been a real boost to my faith. I can see my Christian faith and development coming along in leaps and bounds. I read the passages with renewed interest. I think in order to learn the link between the Father, Son and Holy Spirit, the bit I struggled with as an early Christian, you have to read the Bible. The making sense of Paul classes and the questions we've considered really make you think about the early church as it struggled to find a place and take root. So much trying to be done by so few, the problems they face. You read that and think, how is it different, different to us as a church nowadays? 
What problems are we facing as a church 2,000 years on that they were facing? We may be 2,000 years old and established, but some of the problems, especially around unity as a church, are the same. I've come to learn that I'm not here alone, that Paul's classes have made me see that I am part of the body of Christ. I'm joined and connected to each of you. I am a valued member. Each part of the body of Christ has a unique purpose, and I have mine. We all do. We just need to encourage each other and support each other, which is why I chose the Isaiah reading about supporting each other, egging each other on, saying, that's good, well done. I'm a Christian because of the way it has changed me and shaped my life. It's not easy. When you come out in the workplace as a Christian, you are immediately judged for the things you say and what you do. I know if I've done something wrong, even if no one else knows about it, he knows. And I know I have to put it right. I'm a Christian because I do have a home and a family here. I have other people who care and support me. I'll end with a verse which we have read, which I completely identify with. We're hard-pressed on every side, but not crushed. Perplexed, but not in despair. Persecuted, but not abandoned. Struck down, but not destroyed. <laughs>